Dr. Shafik. Yes. I have a mission for you. A mission? Yes, a mission. To for an more, I'm going to connect you to our quartermaster, Mr. Toffee. Mr. Toffee? Yes. Mr. Right, so all you got to do is just walk straight ahead those stairs, just head down. Mind the guys on the left and the right. They don't know you're there, so you got to just go in really quiet. Really quiet? Yes, really, really quiet. Really can, quiet. I, can I do it in a box? Yes, you can yes, have a box. Okay. okay, I'm going inside the box. Check your now. inventory. Press I. Pressing I. Do you see the box? I see the box. Equip right. the box. Equip the box. I'm equipping this box. Okay. I am now sneaking past the guys on the left and the right. That's Try right. not to mind them. Yes, the luck is the best. Oh no, they saw me. Now I'm dead. I have Sh died. Shafiq! 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 Welcome to another episode <laughs> of the Last King Podcast. Of course, if you all know that intro, if you all are aware of the legacy, we are definitely going to be talking about Metal Gear Survive, a game we just came out. I am, of course, Big Boss Shafiq. I am uh, Solid Eccentric Tom. I'm Colonel Ocelot, Mr. Toffee. Colonel Ocelot? Yeah, I'm kind of young and then I got old and then I got into some guy's arm for some reason. <laughs> I like the way you say you're kind of young and you're also kind of old. <laughs> Best <laughs> of both worlds. I, I just summed up the plot for Metal Gear Solid 1 to 4. And we just literally described yourself, sir. How did you do that? <laughs> Amazing. Well done. <laughs> we just goes to show. No, no, no. I got an answer. Nano no? machines. Nano machines. Yes. Nano machines. Nano machines. Is that, what, is that what you call it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, no, no, no. That's my liquid oh. technique right there. You're talking about son. liquid. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> hey, it gets hard. But it doesn't work till you freeze hard. it. Yeah. So yes, yeah, you have to have a little container at all times. <laughs> It's so got hard at the right moment. And that's been the podcast for you boys and girls. <laughs> well, yes, anyway, today uh, we're going to be talking about two big releases that came out within uh, the span of the last few days. We have, of course, Metal Gear Survive, a long-awaited uh, continuation. <laughs> long-awaited? I don't know if the internet has the same thing to say about it. No, but here's though. the strange thing, you know, the trailer dropped almost two years ago, if yeah, I recall. it was a long time ago. And it everybody... was the most downvoted trailer I've seen on the official And Konami there's been page. a lot of shit talking about it ever since then. No, everybody remembers that popular hashtag uh, coined by Mr. Jim Sterling himself. Uh, fuck Konami. Fuck Konami. If you say it's one word, it's not vulgarity. Exactly. But we fuck still Konami. Fuck Konami. So fuck it. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to be talking <laughs> about that game and we're also going to be talking about a very well-loved uh, <laughs> anime <laughs> that got adapted by Netflix into a live action because that really action worked the last five times because did it. everybody really liked the Attack on Titan people movie re people really liked that Death Note adaptation oh, especially the yes. Death Note adaptation oh that was really yeah. really no, see, here's the problem with the Death Note adaptation is because like um, the actors weren't Asian <laughs> oh yeah so they fixed that by having Asian actors but not fixing anything else <laughs> it's like like hey good news we're no longer whitewashing <laughs> no great did you fix the story ah I, I knew there was something we'll, we'll, we forgot we'll work on that no, but the thing is, if it's Japanese people named Alexander and Ivan, is it yellow washing? That is a point we should ponder after we review Metal Gear Solid. Metal then, Gear Survive. If you think about it, so do these Asian guys have their hair dyed blonde or are they just naturally blonde? Or is this some strange new species of human that we've not seen yet? <laughs> no, don't you know, know this is post-World War II where Japan won and they managed to do the ethnic cleansing. <laughs> where we all speak Japanese yeah. because, yeah, yeah. yeah, apparently the bomb was a dud, sir. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> we should have named the plane Enola Gay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so uh, two big franchises that's uh, 
pretty much we all we can talk about this time because we're all still uh, hitting. I think that, that's all we've been doing and watching as of Because, late, so. I mean, in the wake of Black Panther, nothing's come out this week. Right, well, nothing. Re- right, there's counter programming in form of game nights, which I do want to watch, but I didn't find the time. This until week. March comes, uh, after March happens, there isn't much happening. Oh yeah, we're getting so. no breathing space in March. Holy fuck! Because like Red Sparrow is literally next week as of this recording. Then we have Tomb Raider. Then we have Pacific Rim Two. We have something else as well, which Ready I'm Player One. Ready Player One. Ready, Ready, Ready Player One. And then we also have the one <coughs> thing that we've been leading up to all this well for the last few episodes: the road to Oscars 2018. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So like, hopefully not. Do you guys realize that, you know, when we released this uh, amazing list, you know, the best uh, movies and uh, video games and TVs of 2017, and, uh, wow, none of our picks made it as best picture. <laughs> oh, no. yeah, except for Dunkirk. Dunkirk got... And Get Out. Uh, Get Out was oh, actually yes. in a nomination. So, our favorite movie of 2017. Spoilers for an article you all should have read by now. Exactly. <laughs> you know, Get on that website, fucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> www.thelastking.net. www. That's an extra W, sir. Oh, did I say four Ws? Holy Use crap. HTTPS, okay? We all need to be safe <laughs> yeah. in this crazy internet <laughs> yeah. environment yeah. Otherwise, the Russians might get us. Oh, yes. And, and, but if anything, um, yeah, so Get Out has been uh, nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, and Best Jordan Director. Jordan Peele, herself, okay, he's getting. And uh, okay, a, a movie we recently reviewed, Lady Bird, got nominated. Mm-hmm. Okay, as well as the first time director. Yeah. Don't forget Shea Water. Shea Water also got, like, you know, nominated. I, Tonya didn't, which is a travesty. To yeah, me. that made me kind of angry, especially since Lady Bird got nominated. And whilst it's a fine movie, it's so about nothing. I mean, I'm also equally disappointed because Call Me By Your Name got nominated. And oh, yeah. The thing is, both of those movies are very similar in their very... I mean, they're very mumblecore in a sense where yeah. nothing really happens. <laughs> it's That's just like watching white people following. do fun things for an hour Yeah, and it's half. just watching white people yeah. doing things. Doing things. <laughs> like, if I wanted to watch white people doing things, like I watch literally every other movie. Or you can just pay attention to your own life, sir. Exactly. I could, <laughs> I could just go back You're home... You're an actual white person doing things. <laughs> yeah, I could just go back home to my parents and say... Do your shit. I'm <laughs> loving this movie. <laughs> Only cost me a plane ticket. Well, but then there's uh, the other movies that did get nominated that we haven't mentioned on the podcast. We're, of course, talking about uh, Phantom Thread. Yeah, which is coming out next week in Singapore. It's actually on March, from what I've heard. Yeah, yeah Jesus it's Christ. Quite a so while to come it's here. a bit of a squeeze if you want to try and review that and review all the other, like Red Sparrow and Tomb Raider and Ready Player One. Yeah. So uh, I we'll, don't know. we'll see. We might skip it. But the thing is, this is Daniel Day Lewis swan song performance well he said that about uh, Lincoln as well <laughs> he said that about There Will Be Blood and then he said that about Lincoln so I don't trust the man it ain't over till the paycheck gets lower maybe no, but I well, it ain't over till he dies okay that too but he is the That's consummate professional case. sir yeah. I mean, oh he is absolutely it's just you know it's boring whenever like, I know he's a great actor and everything but it's just boring because you might as well just not have the category best actor just like <laughs> they just, just call it the Daniel Day Lewis Award for for Daniel for Day Lewis actor. yeah for best Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> exactly and the winner is Daniel Day Lewis like, I remember there was a joke uh, I heard a few years ago when uh, it was um, Les Misérables and um, Lincoln were nominated yes yes and uh, someone joked that if um, Hugh Jackman won it uh, Daniel Day Lewis would just walk up and just take it off him and not say anything and just sit back down again and nobody would mind <laughs> yeah no and everyone would, it'd be like Putin stealing uh, Robert Kraft's uh, Super Bowl ring ayo <laughs> so if anything um, Russia jokes are plenty <laughs> why are we talking about Russia we're all the way here in Asia it's not as if the nuclear fallout will reach us well maybe it will if Korea uh, yeah. yeah if anything uh, and the other movie is uh, Darkest Hour with Gary Oldman in Oldman oh, have you yeah. guys seen that yet no it be- came out in 2017 because forgive me for not wanting to watch another Churchill movie <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. There is a cult of personality about the fucking man. Like, great prime, wartime prime minister, fantastic sharp wit. But, I mean, I've, I watched him in Peaky Blinders. I watched him in The Crown. I, they, I could watch him in this. I could watch him in so many other movies. Where Churchill he, was in Peaky Blinders? I'm yeah. not caught up yet. So He's the uh, foreign secretary at the time in the 1920s. Fascinating. Yeah. Hmm. So, like... I know. What's your definitive Churchill performance? Ooh. I would say the guy in Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Just... And the thing is, you have... No, oh, uh... Who was it in, uh... uh what? In Glorious Bastards? Yeah. I can't remember. But it's like, you got Michael... Because I thought it was Mike Myers. But no, no he Myers was a colonel. Was the colonel. Yeah. And Michael Fassbender, the German, yeah. was the English guy. <laughs> And you have this spot-on Churchill impression, sitting by the table, just staring at you. He only had one line, right? Yeah, he didn't say anything. The bastard. I think <laughs> recently, the guy who played him in The Crown, he mm. did a very, very good job. John Lithgow, right? Was it? No. Oh, someone else. Oh, no, John Lithgow's the other... He's the other white guy who looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was really good because it was Churchill in, in the 50s where he was really old and clinging to power and he was just... Watching this former f- great man, you know, pretty much make a mockery of himself. And it was, you know, really humbling and wonderful to watch. I would say that. I mean, like, the thing about Winston Churchill movies, of which there are many. Jesus I mean, like, Christ. Do we really need another one? Because the thing is... There was a Christian Slater version in uh, 2000. Really? What yeah. It? Which film was it? V for Victory, I think. Ah. Who like, played uh, Churchill then? Christian Slater. Christian Slater as Churchill? Yeah. I can kind of imagine him in the... No, that's not terrible with Christian Slater. Yeah. But I would say this... Uh, this is Gary Oldman and uh, Daniel Day-Lewis going head to head. Yeah, you know, playing two very old men. Apparently, it's just what the it's the battle of the two old British men. It's like, but this is like the title fight we've been waiting for for the longest time. Because yeah, we've never seen the, these two pitted against each other. And also, ever. Gary Oldman's never won an Oscar, which to me is a travesty because like him as Commissioner Gordon in Dark Knight, sirs. Oh, absolutely! Oh, that was good. I like, I love that performance. I mean, like to me, hands he- down, best Dracula. He has, oh, yes. He yes. has a all time gravitas, which just elevates everything. Like, even when he was Sirius Black in the Harry Potter movies, mm. that he really just added a just element of danger to that character. I would like to call it old man factor. <laughs> old <laughs> yeah, man. because the thing is, yeah, I agree with you. There's a, there's a charisma about this guy mm. that is just, yeah. it, I mean, it just bleeds all over the screen. Like this semi antagonist in um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. He had a really terrible death, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> awful death, but really interesting motivation. I mean, I would say this. Right you actually gave a shit for a second. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's good stuff. I mean, what would be your ultimate Gary Oldman moment ever, all time, hands down? Everyone. <laughs> Fucking the professional. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the professional. Really? None of you choosing Fifth Element where he just oh, like, hemmed yeah, that it was more like that ham. I am a little. A close second at the very disappointed. least. Disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when? people disappoint me. I kind of liked him in True Romance too. Like, that also took me by surprise. I haven't seen him in True Romance. Oh, you haven't? Oh, no. Mega terrifying, sir. I was like, Gary Oldman. Dracula will be one of them, that's for sure. I mean, Dracula number one. I mean, like, just that scene of him as old Dracula and then when he turns into sexy Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Like, he, he gets young when he tries to like vamp up uh, Winona Ryder. Yeah. Ooh, I need to watch this movie now. You haven't seen Dracula, sir. I'm sorry. I'm 15 years younger than you. How can I watch yeah, all this just stuff? Just don't pay attention to Keanu Reeves. You'll be fine. 
less. Or we know the writer, apparently. <laughs> oh, wow. They're, they're oh, quite yeah. bad in this. Oh, no. No, but the thing is, this was directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Okay. And one thing that you will definitely appreciate is the fact that all the special effects are practical. And Ooh, it they will, are. And it will yes. blow your mind the things they had to do to achieve certain things. Okay. Like, there's literally... That, that, if I recall, there was this one article I read where like there was this close-up scene of somebody writing on a book and there was a train moving in the background. So I that, think I've heard of that. Yeah, so the train yeah. is actually like some toy train and they had to like construct some giant book so that it could <laughs> fit in the frame and they had a giant pen right on it and it's like, or something. It's just like rid- a ridiculous forced perspective. Yeah, it's like the, 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 the tricks he had to pull. And the thing is, like, I mean, I'm a big fan of Coppola. I mean, Godfather, Apocalypse Now, and this film. Is he still alive or has he passed? Of course, he's still alive. He has joined the ranks of, like, maybe, you know, like, John Landis and maybe Brian De Palma. It's like, we've done what we needed to do. We're fine. I mean, We're just taking a vacation. He's just watching his Long daughter carry on the legacy now. I mean, his final movie, I think, was Jack, where he directed uh, Robin Williams as a man-child. Man-child. A literal man-child. A literal man-child. Like, he's like this boy who has this d- disease where he ages too fast. So it's like this boy played by Robin Williams. 10-year-old in a 35, 40-year-old body. Oh. I'm not mistaken, that's his final film. But the thing is, like, you know, like, don't hold that to high regard. Exactly. Pay attention yeah. to the stuff he did. I mean, like, yeah, how do we get all the way to freaking Francis Ford Coppola? Oscars! Oscars! Yeah. Oscars! He, he's gone on a few, sir. You know, I mean, like, if anything, he, I mean, he also gave us Sofia Coppola. True. So, like, Virgin Suicide is lost in translation. You know? Terrible actress, but really good actor. Terrible uh, director. And also, he's the uncle of Nicolas Cage. Yes, people forget that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nicolas Cage is a Coppola in some sense. <laughs> all right. So, yes, that's, I think, all the Oscar stocks we have for now. I mean, we're going to hold our breaths until probably when we In the next up. few weeks when we do a recap. We're definitely going to do a recap. We will talk about the aftermath of the Oscars, especially if anything really controversial happens. But how about this? Uh, just I'm very f- sure something controversial is going to happen. Just for funsies, maybe as our lead up on the road to Oscars 2018, um, how about we just do one category per week and then we just call who the thing will win. Okay, Would so... Would that be fun? Okay. Uh, maybe was, a couple because we don't have much time left yeah, yeah, before the Oscars. Yeah, we can do a couple. Yeah. Okay, how about this? Let's do for uh, leads. We I do best actor here. and best actress. Okay, who do we have for best actor, sir? Okay, best actor. We got Timothée Chalamet. I'm From not sure how to pronounce his Co- name. Call me by your name. Timothée Chalamet. Thank you. Alright, All right. Go. Daniel Day-Lewis, of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out. Gary Oldman, which we should discuss for a while ago, mm-hmm. and Denzel Washington in Roman J. Israel. Oh, he got nominated for that. Yeah, huh. that was actually a good film. I've heard Roman J. Israel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard good, mixed things. Good film because of the actor. I mean, obviously Denzel. Yeah, because he, I mean, I heard from some like someone who loves Denzel saying it wasn't a great movie, but he liked seeing Denzel in it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty much a review right there. Yeah, yeah. No, the thing is, I'm pretty much burnt out by Denzel Washington movies ever since like I mean, last year he did uh, what was it? The Hidden Fences. Was Hidden Fences was that was, uh, that was three years ago, oh, now. Three years ago, two or three years ago, yeah. And then I mean, that was the one based on the play, right? I yeah. think the thing is, is like I want to see Denzel like kind of be like you know he is retiring to be the action old black guy. He's like the Carl Weathers of my generation, <laughs> where it's like you know, I want to see the Equalizer too. <laughs> yeah, like, that's interesting. He's know? a Black Liam Neeson. There you go, yeah, Black yeah. Liam Neeson. That's a, that's the name of my new Twitter account right now. <laughs> I will find you. All right. All right. So, I mean, it's obviously going to be a toss-up between Daniel Day-Lewis or Gary Oldman. You think? Yeah. It has to be. So this sounds more like a coin flip. Can you <laughs> imagine the upset if, like, Timothy Chalamet won over Daniel Day-Lewis? Okay. The thing is, as much as I kind of didn't like Call Me By Your Name, his performance was pretty good. Well, yeah. So was Daniel Kaluuya's in Get Out, but he's not going to win it. 
But and the thing is, I have not seen Darkest Hour and I've not seen Phantom Thread, so it's like we I, can't really call it. I, but the thing yeah. is, I would say, yeah, just let me, let's just be real about real. It's yeah, like, you know, this is all money and campaigning and you know, you know, basically putting your uh, yeah fingers in pockets, sirs. I would say. Yeah, this is probably like Daniel Day Lewis hasn't won since what was it? Lincoln, which was also the last time he directed. Sorry, the last time he acted. Lincoln was 2011. Yeah. 12, and so. before that, he won for There Will Be Blood. And that was before, yeah. Well, he won for um, either My Left Foot or In the Name of the Father. My Left Foot, I think. Yeah. And that was Do you realize quite every time you mention a Daniel Day Lewis movie, it's an amazing film? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I said in the last episode, name one bad Daniel Day Lewis movie. That first one, <laughs> that sexy laundromat story, which nobody remembers. Exactly. I can't remember the title. It's probably just called Laundromat. Or it's something. like Spielberg only has one really bad movie 1941. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. I actually haven't seen that one, to be honest. 1941? Yeah. Is it yeah. worth revisiting? Skip it. It's John Belushi being bad. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Steven Spielberg. And he's a good comedian. That's strange. no, but this is Spielberg's first attempt at a comedy. And the thing is, he came right off the success of something like Jaws and probably Raiders of the Lost Ark before mm-hmm. that. And I think he, this was just him being a little biting off more than he could chew. Ah, oh, right, right, right. So I mean, I mean, I don't always think of Spielberg as the kind of guy who does comedies well. But at the same time, like he's one of the few guys. He and Kubrick is the only guys who can do any genre. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of anybody else. I mean, Tarantino probably next. But the thing is, it's a Tarantino movie set in World War Two, set in the World West. Exactly. You know I mean? So you guys want to touch a bit on the best actress bit since we're on the Oscar roll? Yeah, I mean, sure. Like, oh, but okay, let's go around the table one more time. So who are you gonna call for best actor? It'll be if it the upset would be Gary Oldman. Or, um, but I think it's going to be Daniel Day-Lewis. You think so? Because I've heard nothing but praise about his character. I mean, people have been kind of tepid on the film Phantom Thread itself, but they've said that his uh, portrayal is masterful. But it's a PTA movie, right? Yes. Hmm. And, you know, the last uh, PTA movie was uh, Inherent Vice, which was not great. I enjoyed it for being so wacky. But... If everyone was talking like this, Tim <laughs> and you could understand a single thing that Joaquin Phoenix was saying. Isn't everyone in Henry Vice all high, if I recall? I don't know, but apparently... There's <laughs> I'm pretty sure Joaquin Phoenix is high all the time anyway. <laughs> and, but the, the only problem I have with Inherent Vice is like that very weird sexy. That yeah. came out of nowhere. It was I, very weird. Like, okay, this is out of place and a bit out of... Okay, stop it. Uh, for me... Like, for me, the dream would be, like, if freaking, uh... What's the guy playing uh, in Get Out again? Daniel, uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya. He should win. That he would be... That would be yeah. amazing if he did win. Because the thing is, like, yeah, coming off watching him in Black Panther, and then, like, if you watch Get Out again, and you realise that amazing turn of, yeah. like, realising the the, the, the the fucked up situation he's in. Like, the way he just breaks down, you know, when he realises he's been betrayed by his girlfriend. It's just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Oh, and a bit at the end where he's in the headlights and he, th- he knows he's going to get shot by police. It's just like the grim acceptance of, like, no one will ever believe yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, it's not, there's nothing said, there was nothing written, but it's just that the way he telegraphs it in his eyes. Oh, absolutely. You could tell. And, like, the thing is, I would want him to win because it's an amazing job. But, yo, I want Gary Oldman, yo. <laughs> Gary Oldman has to win. He, yeah. he, if he hasn't won one... Which I think is a travesty. Well, it's like this. Like Leonardo DiCaprio won nothing until uh, Revenant. I guess, but Oldman's been around, sirs. That's true. I mean, if he doesn't win it this time, then it'll be the next role he plays, and it'll be for some mediocre movie because he's just due one. <laughs> like what happened with DiCaprio. I agree. The, I have to be realistic. Um, yeah, Daniel Day Lewis is probably gonna take. Yeah. This one. So he's gonna take him the treble, huh? <laughs> three in a row. Fourth. 
fourth. He will be his fourth uh, Academy for uh, Best Actor. And all these bitches are complaining about Meryl Streep. <laughs> Speaking of, yeah. Best yeah, Actress. She's one of the best nominees for Best Actress. Uh, Alongside, uh, yeah, of course, The Post. Yeah. Alongside Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water. Mm -hmm. Francis McDormand for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yes. Margot Robbie for I, Tonya. Yeah, Definitely, yes. Queen. And Cersei Ronan for Lady Bird. Eh. <laughs> Say her name again. You have to talk with an Irish accent because she's very Irish. That's not Irish. That's not Irish at all, sir. That's a Sean Connery. Careful. the morning to you. That's not Irish either, sir. That's just that's just offensive. I know. That's Lucky Charms Irish. I know. Okay, so your picks for best lead, sirs. I mean... Sirs. You, both you and I want it to be Margot Robbie. Yeah, I, I can tell you right now. Like we're both like, she has to do it. Absolutely, she, she, she got this. If so not, then if it can't be her, then it has to be Frances McDormand for uh, Three Billboards. But I, and the thing is, I wouldn't be mad if she won. Yeah, I would be mad if Meryl Streep won because the post is a really boring, mediocre Spielberg film. Yeah, I mean it's Oscar bait. It is pure Oscar bait. I mean yeah. it's it's the it's his next Bridge of Spies, and I thought Bridge of Spies was fine. But you could tell he made it because he said, oh, there's an Oscar from uh, Space shaped a hole in my trophy cabinet. <laughs> yeah, the one I got for Shinless List is starting to turn a bit rusty. Yeah, I, I, want, I want to swap it in. I want to get a new one, you know. I'm putting this one in the bathroom. Yeah, and I don't, <laughs> I don't want to um, have, you know, films made to get um, these kind of Oscars get uh, rewarded for it. Yeah. How I many cupboards do you think she has, Meryl Streep, for these Oscars? I think she has a landfill. A landfill. <laughs> like a hole in the ground. Like, it means nothing to her anymore. Like, I think she melted down to just, like, I don't know, make one something else. Oscar. <laughs> she, ha she has one Oscar keeping the coffee table level. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it's like, oh, the or, table's or, wobbly. She's just, like, shoving it in. Or four Oscars as, like, a table, you know, like a table. It's a pretty short table, sir. But she then it's a she uses it as table. a paperweight. Just like, oh, I just put that on her. <laughs> <laughs> she uses it to hold the door open for a cat. <laughs> There you goes. But okay, if anything, how about, what about you? What's your call for best actress? Well, if I... The thing is, I haven't seen I, Tonya yet. Have mm -hmm. been you will love it. But not counting Margot Robbie, I'm going to go with Sally Hawkins. Really? Didn't say much. Says a lot. <laughs> really? Yeah, exactly. That's the best part. She literally say didn't much. say much. Yeah, exactly. And she, she says a much. lot from watch how she emotes and everything, mm -hmm. which I kind of like, per se. True, she did a very good job considering she... And plus all the other... I mean, I've actually seen quite a bit of uh, Three Billboards. Frances McDormand, good actress. But I kind of want to give it to someone who may have not yet won an Oscar, or at least haven't been recognized as of yet. I guess... Like but Frances McDormand? Has she won? She has. She has won quite a number, She won actually. for Fargo. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm bad. Yeah. yeah. So it's more like, okay, give it to a great actress who somehow hasn't got the recognition she deserves. Like Margot Robbie. That too, yeah, <laughs> but I need to watch, I don't think that's Yeah, I, I think it's, I really enjoyed Sadie Hawkins' performance, but I think comparing it to the other performances I've seen, mm. it's the weakest of what I've seen. Still fantastic, this is not me saying she did a good, bad job, far from it, fantastic job. But of, you know, Margot Robbie and Francis McDormand, it's like, I walked out of Free Billboards and um, I told you going, oh my god, I am in love with this person because she managed mm. to truly capture the essence of this person. Where Sally Hogan's like, oh, she did a good job. I think I felt the opposite for uh, Tree Billboards because I felt it was more like, she's done this before as a bitter woman per se. I guess. But Where more, more like, more, 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 hate, more hateable, I guess. I can't things. remember her doing this kind of role. Like, she's, she's often kind of like a kind of little lovable, like uh, Marge in uh, Fargo. 
Like, I also I liked so. what she did as Linda Lipnicki in uh, Burn After Reading. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cute, too. That was, I was like, I mean, she was a bit annoying, but in a kind of a cute kind of way. It's kind of like, aww. Mm. Whereas in Free Billboard, she's like, wow, you are terrifying. Yeah, you're, that's, you're an that's, actress. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's an actress per se. Yeah. Like, you, you saw the part where she uh, basically chews out uh, the priest who's in her uh, mm-hmm. house. Like, I love that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I savored that. Like, wow, you know. This is Castlevania, Castlevania. <laughs> but everything, okay, you're gonna call it Sally Hawkins? Yeah, for now. Because again, I haven't mm. seen Night on it yet, so I, can't well, I mean, see. that's fair enough. Like, I haven't seen Meryl Streep. Um, I just, I, as a point of principle, she, 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 doesn't, Streep. she doesn't deserve any more recognition. Didn't for she win for, like, Julie, Julia and Julie? Or I can't remember. Yeah. I think, Why? That movie was just so one note. I think she almost won for Florence Foster Jenkins as well. Hey. Which is like, let's celebrate an old rich woman wanting to sing badly. Like, why is that a movie? I don't know, because like... <laughs> I guess, okay, so I mean, I mean, we don't want to ride that train too hard because like, as, as much as a, of an institution Meryl Streep is, yeah, let's like... She's still, she's a very good actress. Yeah, yeah. She's an amazing actress. We're not discounting her, just, you know... But we can tell when you're phoning yeah. it in, yeah. madam. <laughs> Like so when it's, it's uh, you know, like at the very least, Daniel Day-Lewis, he comes out and is a, you know, this crazy force of nature when he acts, and then he goes. He's a different person again. every time. That blows me away. I think, constantly. and then he goes back to hiding after uh, the film. You know, uh, conspiracy theory it might actually just be just someone has a cloning facility of the same <laughs> body, just puts in different, kind of like altered carbon. Hey, no, kind of, kind of <laughs> like except the, in real life. Kind of like the <laughs> Prestige, you know, that David Bowie machine, which is oh, yeah. making uh, all these Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> 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 uh, Daniel Lewis. Oh no, the plural is Daniel Day Lewis. Sign. You guys want to touch on uh, best supporting actor and actresses? Probably for the next episode because I think yeah. this opening ramble has been going for a bit too long. Uh, yeah. We're definitely gonna take a quick break after this. Finally, a video game. Yes, <laughs> finally. Yeah. We used yeah. to be a video game podcast. Yeah. So as I keep reminding you, after all. surviving this Oscar talk. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> talk about that segue though. Yeah, there you go. We're gonna gear some medals mm. into little statues. I don't know how to go off with this. Okay, so we're gonna take a quick break, and after this, we're gonna be discussing uh, the long-awaited uh, new entry into the Metal Gear franchise, Metal Gear Five Survive. Survive. You want to say five, right? I was about to say five survive. <laughs> five survive. 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 Right yeah, the, the S at the front. Yeah, it could be five. Yeah. Okay. Metal Gear. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> God damn it. All right, so. Now, <laughs> from the wastelands of the Oscars to the wastelands of Diddy. Yeah. <laughs> so finally. And, and, and unfumbled acting, per se. Unfumbled acting? Wait, there's, there's fumbling all over the place. Yep, yep. So, of course, we're going to be talking about a video game. Yep. Finally, oh. on the last game podcast. When was the last, last time we talked about this? Dragon Ball Z in January. <laughs> it's almost March now. So and now, Monster Hunter. Hmm? I'm Monster Hunter. Same oh, yeah, episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. There you Mark go. So it. this is our monthly quota video game episode, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, we we hit quota just in time. Thanks, Konami. Hashtag hench hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag. Hen- henchman tag. Hash- hashtag. Thanks, Konami. Yeah. So, so like, you've checked out Metal Gear Survive, a game that just came out on the PC, PS4, Xbox One. Yes, universally ago, right? arrives on all the consoles and all the PCs, and uh frankly. What do you think? I like it. Yeah. <laughs> what? This Be gone, foul demon. We, this is where we have to, we have to yeah, you know, we've got to insert all the, all the alert sounds all of a sudden. So Metal Gear Survive, uh, much to the chagrin of uh, a lot of fanboys, absolutely, is actually a pretty decent survival game. Oh, so if I mean, I would like relate this more to like like how we reviewed the Cloverfield uh, paradox. Yep. Yeah. If you remove the, the Cloverfield title and you just 
rated it on its own merits as being a goofy like science fiction horror. Like it's fine. Okay. Yeah, it's probably enjoyable. But then once you try to add some gravitas by slapping some known brand on it, then it takes a more how you would say unsincere you, you, thing. You actually you know. have to expect a lot. Now, yeah, then you you attach things that you shouldn't be attaching to this. So like, but I do get it. I do get why they added the Metal Gear nomenclature because this takes place kind of. Not after a Phantom Pain, but more after Ground Zeroes. Mm, I remember that demo. So yeah, I remember that demo. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember that. Remember the multiplayer aspect that we're gonna include in Part Five. Well, let's release it as a game also and see what happens. So I mean, uh, I don't usually talk about story, but I guess some of you out there want some context. So at the end of uh, Ground Zeroes, a giant wormhole appears in the sky and sucks your base into this weird place. What? Yeah, so as Big Boss and Solid Snake are escaping and blah 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 is happening, you play, insert character name here, and the preset you've chosen. Oh. Let's just call him Kudo Shopping, how about that? No, 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 <laughs> mine's his uh, white-haired uh, Japanese lady named uh, Rina Ozawa. Rina Ozawa, ooh, okay, I got that. You came up with that name yourself? I named it uh, two of my favorite porn stars. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, Which but, two? Huh? Which two? Rina Matsushima and Maria Ozawa. Of course, you're into Japanese porn. Of course, I'm from Asia, so <laughs> white girl porn is boring. Sorry. Yeah. Why am I talking about porn? <laughs> you know what? We shouldn't give kids porn. Just give them guns. Sorry. <laughs> guns are the patriots. Patriots. Hey. Let's Back be to Metal Gear. <laughs> being too topical for a second. So yeah, uh, I will say this. Um, I'm eight hours in. The game just came out probably a few days ago, and I've only had that much of an opportunity to play it. And I would say like eight hours in is like, yeah. Um, I mean, if you're a fan of games like... Uh, like Daisy, uh-huh. or like you know, if I mean I brought this up also is like uh, if you played Skyrim with that weird hunger and thirst mod. Basically, the uh, hardcore uh, mod, kind of yeah. like uh, in. Uh, this sounds like Fallout hardcore mode. Or Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. Mm, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So basically, it's a survival game where what will annoy you at first, besides the opening cinematics and the cutscenes and the the dialogue. Oh, so they got rid of um, uh, Kojima, but not his they forty minute worse. entry. <laughs> You know, yeah, okay, like that. That's they got wrong. another guy helping out the cutscenes. I wouldn't. Least. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know who to blame for this. Who's the official cutscenes guy? But if anything, I would say this. Uh, that notwithstanding, uh, the game as its own self. I mean, as a Metal Gear title, if you're looking for that military technical tactical espionage, it's not there. It's not there. I mean, so what kind of game are we looking at here? If you're if you're in a game where you need to maintain a base and uh, start agriculture and survive in the barren wastelands, so, yeah, it's actually quite fun. I mean, the thing is, is this, like, when I first played it, and, like, you, you're thrown into the world, and then you start to realize that your character is like, why is my character always hungry and thirsty? And then, like, your only options is, like, dirty water and, like, freaking animals you have to hunt that you find randomly. Do you get the shits if you drink dirty water? No, you get the puke. Ooh. And it's really annoying because the thing is, it's like a static puke animation that you can't cancel out of. Oh, it's like random, no. right? Uh, you're like yeah, you're fighting all of a sudden, and then you're like infected with some sort of like disgusting intestine virus, and then all of a sudden, like you know, oh, this zombies attacking me. Oh, but my character needs to show the puke animation right now <sighs> because realism, apparently. <laughs> no, but if anything, uh, that is like, like once you get over that initial. Uh, like learning curve and you start to like you know really get into the nitty gritty like I'm at a stage in the game I'm 8 hours in but I've already started my potato farm which I'm very proud of uh-huh. <laughs> and I have I have my nurse and my other soldier taking care of it for the time being okay uh, I've opened up uh, these uh, there, there, are, there are these things called uh, I know I mean they're basically waypoints teleporters which is like little mini wormholes that allow you to travel across the, the map and it opens up more areas for you to explore. And 
literally, the, the, the thing that will change the game is like, boys and girls, when you find the bow and arrow, just stick to the bow and arrow. Uh-huh. Okay, I mean, we all laughed <clears throat> about the Steam review where it's basically uh, sticks, spear through fence simulator. Yeah, if, if you don't know how to play this game. Get the bow and arrow. It will change the way you play this game. So it's like the first four episodes of season four of Walking Dead. Uh, sounds more like Tomb Raider when you think about it. Actually, <laughs> uh, the thing is, I would oh, yeah. say this: like when you play uh, that that first example I gave, when it's Skyrim with that weird thirst and hunger mod. Yeah, that's it. Mm. And I'm having fun, and, and that's what surprised me the most. Because the thing is, if you're able to divorce yourself from what is the legacy and the Kojima ness and everything. And you just like you know value this as a game. I mean, when me and Mr. Toffee saw the trailer for this like a couple of years ago, and we called it like yeah, we don't say anything till it's out. Yeah, yeah, it's out, and it's like, you know what? For its price, it's a medium-sized game, and then like you're gonna be paying about thirty bucks US. So I think that's forty-five dollars. It's forty-five on Steam last time I checked. For yeah, there the you go. You know, the thing is, I got it on the pre-order, so I got it at a slight of a discount. You know, and the thing is, like, I'm really enjoying myself, and it's like one of the f- rare occasions where I'm actually you know. It's like you know when you walk away from a game, but then your thoughts are still kind of like you know burdened by like oh I need to do this one more thing or I need to do this the one, one mission. more mission factors there. Yeah, right? the one more. I mean that addictive quality is there and very prevalent. And frankly, uh, I mean a lot of people are liking this game. It's getting it's getting pretty good reviews. Yeah, I'm it's not saying it's, it's very positive right now on Steam. Mm-hmm. Um, How's the okay? How the I mean the the controls same like Phantom, yeah. Phantom Pain or similar? Phantom, I mean it's similar. tight. Yeah, I mean so I mean you have the thing is I'm set up on keyboard. I'm not using a controller. So I'm using defaults right now. So your WASD Q is uh, maybe your gadgets. So your gadgets is basically uh, you can throw lures. You can set up like these fences that you can use for when you're doing the more the horde mode stuff. Okay, yeah. And then you have your E, which is like you throw projectiles, like you know Molotov cocktails and what have you. So I mean, it's functional. I mean, controls wise, tight. It's tight enough, you know. And I like the fact that um, it's the bow and arrow physics. It's like you know, it's that that droopy kind where it doesn't shoot straight. It's like an arc. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like you know, so it's not like shooting a rail gun. Yeah, there you go. It's not like shooting a rail gun. But I'm pretty sure further up towards the game, once you level up a little bit and you probably get better weapons or you max out like your uh, bow and arrow stats. I mean, you have a lot of crafting. That's one thing I need uh, to say. No. There's a lot of fucking <coughs> crafting. So well, it's part of the genre. You know, it's a survival yeah. RPG horror. So do you thing. craft on the go as well? You or? gotta return back to base to craft. Oh come on! It's, yeah, it's one of those games. You can't craft on the go, but basically, like you go out, you do these missions, and along the way, you pick up like you salvage uh, items, like you know, iron. Uh, I mean, like you'll find random things out there in the wasteland. Like you'll find a whole study desk, and you can smash it to pieces and just pick up its uh, core components, like wood. That will you that you need to build your wooden fences to build your arrows and then, you know that and then you need to go and discover recipes to open up like even more like options for like building I mean you can build like more workbenches you can build more turrets defenses you can build fences around your own home base I think you okay. can build those mechs from a Phantom Pain too right I'm not that run. far in you know, because I've I've seen videos like that looks interesting. I hope I reach that because, like, again, as I'm, uh, I'm repeating myself, but I'm eight hours in and I'm kind of having a good time. I How good is the character customization? Eh, it's very bare bones because, like, you have your choice of uh, dark skin to not so dark skin. Uh huh. <laughs> but it's like you know, it's uh, either you go by presets or a series of sliders. It's very oh, similar okay. to Skyrim. All right. I mean, just I, simpler, right? It, it's not as in depth as something like Monster Hunter. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's very hard to achieve. Yeah. Like, only Black Desert Online is more intense. There you go, yeah. And if anything, like, 
I mean, for a game like this, like character <coughs> customization, it shouldn't be the least of your worries. Yeah. You know? It should be more about, like, I don't know, surviving and stuff. I think most of the armor and all that will probably cover your face, right? Would it, are there like any of those attachment, attachments and armor pieces? You, you do have, I mean, like, there's hats. You can craft oh. hats. <laughs> what? There's, there's like an entire bench. So like, uh, in the home base, you have all these benches and each bench basically crafts a certain category. One for weapons, one for items, one for gadgets, you know, and then like one for gear, which is your clothes. Mm. So like, yeah, if you find a recipe for a nice pair of boots and you have the rubber and the leather, sure. You know, or you can even make a scully cap, mm. which has more dexterity than apparently a baseball hat. Yeah, I don't know. I don't sure. understand. But it's fine. I mean, like if you're into that kind of thing. Which probably a lot of people are because customization is always big in video games anyway. I mean, at this point in time, yeah. I mean, like if you don't have a certain amount of customization. So I think what Metal Gear Survive does is it just gives you enough. but Enough to scratch the itch. Yeah, I guess so. But then I'm pretty sure, like the thing is when you go to your customization slots, there's like nine more slots that has a nice lovely lock icon on it so I don't know if you have to buy those you or probably you, have to you probably have to I'm, I'm looking at it like yeah because the thing is like I mean do we mention <coughs> the $10 safe spot yes we have to mention yeah, it because it's it it a thing a bit. so from the looks of it you unlock a new safe spot by using in-game currency yeah it's called SV coins or something but you can only get the in-game currency by buying it you can't earn it in-game Actually, the thing is, uh, the developers have kind of count—not say countered, but they've like responded to that by allowing people who log in right now up to a certain point that you like just for logging in, they'll give you a set amount of uh, coins. How many? Uh, I mean, I've done the calculation. You probably get about 120, maybe less than 200. It's like a login thing, right? Yeah, you just basically here's some coins just for playing this game. But the thing is, the thing is, you need. That's 500 coins, that's a thousand coins. I mean like, the safe slot is a thousand, thousand coins. coins. And a thousand coins, if you translate to real world money, it's 10 bucks, sir. 10 dollars. US. You know, on top of what it is that you've probably paid for the game itself. Yeah, I think and this sounds more like corporate greed than the actual game. It's spot. literally corporate greed. It and is. the thing is, is this like, uh, it's, it's a necessity if you're the kind of guy who enjoys the replayability, if you want to like redo the game with a different character or with like a different build or loadout. But like for something like me, I'm just gonna play this game once, enjoy it for what it is, and I'm probably not gonna play it ever again. And even if I do, I'll just delete the old character, start a fresh one. Mm. So, I mean, granted, it's like I get why a lot of people are upset because like if you play any other game, like sure, here's four save slots for you, you know, mm. or like even like something as old as like say Half Life Two, where you have save slots and quick saves. Exactly. Yeah. So you can like just like you want to start from this checkpoint, or you want to start from this exact moment where you fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing is, I also understand for a game like a survival game, you gotta you can't you gotta be strict with the slate the saves. You know, you can't have like okay, uh, I fucked up here, but let me try something else. It seems more like a game design thing where we only kept possibly, one, so but that, the thing that, is that counts. But if you can unlock it through the game progression, then I get it. But the thing is, you can unlock it with money. And that's it. There you go. So yeah, yeah, that that's pure corporate greed. But again, I mean, I would recommend all of you guys out there, like, if you have this game, and unless you have a friend or a buddy who stays with you, and he wants his own save slot, ask that asshole to pay for it. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's forty five dollars. Come on. And like, you pay the forty five bucks. Okay, you paid your fifteen or ten dollars, and if you want to play this game and have your own save, fine. You know what I mean? That, that way, we're both sharing. We're investing. Yeah. But like, uh. But speaking of buddies, should I talk about co-op? Is that co-op? There is co-op. There is, right? There is a very interesting kind of co-op. Very similar to probably what happened in Metal Gear uh, 5. It's like, I mean, it's not... 
I mean, it's very hard for me to explain. The thing is, like, the problem I have right now is, like, none of my friends own this game. Yeah. Especially my co-hosts. None of my co-hosts own this game. <laughs> so it's very hard for you guys to Welcome explain. Welcome to indirectly throw shade at us. I'm not indirectly throwing shade. Thanks, man. <clears throat> but I would Jeez. love some shade over <laughs> at the corner where the potato farm is, guys. <laughs> right, so you would just stand there holding a leaf for you. No, I'll go and kill the zombies. You guys make sure that these stay watered. No, but if anything, I love that element where it becomes, like... I don't know. Is it a gritty Stardew Valley. There, there you go. I mean, like, if I want to describe this game, it's basically... Animal Crossing, Metal Gear style. Yeah, yeah there you go. Metal Gear Crossing. Yeah. But, I mean, there is a co-op element that I have yet to experience because I have not found... I don't know if it's me being an idiot, but I don't know if there's any way for me to just randomly add people from, like, maybe Steam or whatever. I do know that there's a very hokey kind of jump through a few hoops ID system that you need to tell people this is my ID so you can find my base. Oh look at that, it's a Japanese game with a bullshit way of adding people to a co-op. Hey Nintendo. <laughs> they, should, they should take a cue from Monster Hunter World, like it's just easy to find people if you want. Yeah, just log into a server, join this guy's just game. Do a, just have a search button yeah. in there, simple. Or if like, you know, you don't want any assholes in your game, just set your game to private yeah. or something like that. I mean, yeah, there's smarter ways to do this, but then again, this game came out a couple of days ago and like, I mean, do you also want to talk about the fact that nobody could play this game until the patch came out? Because was, people got it was broken on launch. It was oh, broken. Wow. It was broken as a preview <coughs> copy. Oh, so reviewers who got the game couldn't play it until they patched it day one. <laughs> oh man, that's which is incredibly crazy. genius and diabolical. That is. <laughs> that's crazy, man. That is pure shit. I mean, <laughs> how can you trust you know reviewers to not just give it a shit review? Until day one. Hey, there you go. But if anything, like, you know, I mean, there's very few reviews, few and far between, I'm sure. Like, mostly it's just Steam reviews. And every Steam review, listen, boys and girls, if you base a game based on Steam reviews, there's a certain logic nerve that you're definitely lacking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, sorry. Like, why? The Steam reviews is all for comedy. Okay? <laughs> Don't pay attention to it. Unless it's us. Unless we review it, okay? Yes. Yeah, oh, we're the only we, we true source of absolutely unbiased reviews. No fake news yep, here. Yep. No alternate facts. Seal of approval. The last king seal of approval. There you go. So if anything, uh, I'm going to wrap this up, this interview. Okay, maybe I need to talk this about... This interview? Actually, I, I actually got this, this review. Question. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Do you feel maybe a little bit, not cheated, like like a bit of sense of deja vu that they're using assets from Captain Pain? Not at all. Not feeling that at all. Because it's basically how I felt about Saints Row 4. Oh. Because it's like, everybody knows it's basically a reskin Saints Row 3, but it's still fun. Actually, Saints Row 4 was more fun than Saints Row 3. Because Keith David. The only new assets <laughs> yeah. are probably like the, the actual, not virtual world per se, like the actual electric world thing. But I see what you mean. Uh, they're just repackaged in a really nice way, right? I would say that too, because it's like, you know, I mean, if you own the assets, I, I said this before on the podcast, it's like, you know, yeah, if you own it, I mean, like, if you, it's like, say, Mr. Warner Brothers, you have this amazing combat system and you want to use it in like Shadow Mortar and then also maybe Mad Max besides the Arkham games, go for it. You know, people like this. Yeah, you're perfectly allowed to. And, you know, it's a really good combat system. I wanted to see it in every game which has melee combat. There you go. Where is this one? Yeah, yeah. stick to the bow and arrow. Okay, this is for you kids. I'm eight hours in. I got a potato farm already, okay? <laughs> bow and arrow. I'm still looking for that holding pot so I can make clean water. Fuck! <laughs> okay, that's the thing. And that's the thing. It's like, that's the testament of a good game when, like, you know, the addictive bug kicks in, like, only a few hours in. Like, I haven't had this much fun since... Stardew Valley. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, Stardew Valley, actually, I, I got bored of it pretty quick. Oh, this sounds like your Stardew Valley kind of thing. Right? I would say this, right, because I love the hardcore aspects of it, but also at the same time, I will definitely re-review this game probably next week when I'm about 
24 to 30 hours in to give my final decisive conclusive, uh, conclusive like uh, thoughts on it because there's so much of the game I've not seen because there's literally a world outside your world where it's like surrounded by uh, dust mm. and it's like it's like the upside down in Stranger Things where oh like, okay, interesting so mm. like when you walk through the dust and you need you, you need to get your oxygen mask boys and girls okay get get through chapter three quickly uh. okay, so you can enjoy this shit but then that's when things get even more intense because outside of your normal uh, surroundings when you enter the dust your map stops working oh that's interesting and then like the only way for you to find your way home is to look to the sky and find the green light beacon that's like beaming from your home base that's so, a very Kojima so, yeah it gets way more intense <laughs> once you venture beyond like uh, your safe zone to say okay because, like that's where the crazy shit happens all right, all right. I'm almost interested and if there wasn't an expansion for Stellaris that just got released, I would have, <laughs> have it. Some you always have to shoot in some sort of like paradox. Look, dude, they is it free to play? <laughs> no, they just introduced a patch and it completely changes the game from the ground up. I'm sure it did. Yes, I'm sure. You can build a Death Star now. You can build a Death Star and blow up planets. So, uh, Shafiq, what's your final rating <laughs> for? I mean, your current in progress review in progress rating. For? I would say definitely. Uh, no, this is not wait, wait for sale. For its value and for the things you can do, I would say yeah, definitely go ahead and get it. It's not an essential game. I would say. I mean, not nowhere near close to game of the year, but definitely like if you're in the middle of the slump like we are and you want something to play right now. Because I know the only other thing is like Kingdom Come Deliverance. Kingdom Come Deliver Deliverance. Deliverance. And Monster Hunter. It's like, hey, <laughs> do you really want to know what it's like to have to put on armor every time you want to fight and then take it off because you want to walk quietly? Do you really want to know what it was like to live in 1403 in Bohemia? No. <laughs> it's, it's a pain in the ass. Then this game is not for you. It's like, really? Do you fight dragons like in Witcher? No. Does it's it, it's it meant to be like something that could take over uh, Monster Hunter. It's world. historically accurate. Which already like doesn't interest me. And it's got Brian Blessed. Oh, Brian Blessed? Yes. <laughs> Who's he voicing anyway? The king. He voices Brian Blessed. Okay. It's like it doesn't matter who he is. All you know is that there's gonna be like. <laughs> oh yes, I am Brian Blessed. <laughs> big mouth and a big bushy beard. <laughs> Brian Blessed, uh, Britain's national treasure. Hey. I agree. I want him to narrate everything. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of narrating everything, um. Yeah, Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> Dude, I was actually going from like Metal Gear to Full Metal. I don't know. From half effect. metal to Full Metal? Okay, yep. so plus end of the review. But we're not talking about horses, I'm sorry. Like, you know, is there a horse in Full Metal Alchemist? No, yes, no. there is. Okay. There's an the opening yeah, yeah. scene. There was <laughs> okay. a horse. Yes. I saw a horse. <laughs> like, there it is. Yeah. There it is. Okay. So, okay. Um, There's a dog too. From the wastelands of Dite to the wastelands of... <laughs> Japanese adaptations of anime <laughs> and manga? Wow. I can tell that you're gonna love this film. Oh man, I saw this movie and I thought to myself, why? <laughs> because Japan needs money. No, they it's don't. It's so the film industry. Basically, they made Death Note, which was an Americanized adaptation with white people. I was like, it's horrible and it's whitewashed. Okay, fine. We're gonna make one, but with Japanese characters. So it's no longer whitewashed. Great. Did you fix the storytelling and the characters? No! <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh gosh, so Full Milk Ultimate. Yeah, yeah, so it's about those brothers, uh, Eric, I don't Edward, and. We don't need to explain Al. Full Metal Alchemist because yeah. we know who our audience is. I mean, yes, uh, we don't need <laughs> we to got, explain. We got it, we got it. We, we know you know. Okay. We know you yes, know what. We Full all Metal. know uh, Full Metal Alchemist. But okay. uh, for the people out there who have no there, idea. Shut talk, shut talk, shut talk. Okay, so for the people out there who have no idea what Full Metal Alchemist is all about, it's. It's, it's such a hard thing to say. 
Like full disc. metal jacket, easily. Full metal alchemist. Full metal. Full many, metal alchemist. Too many. It's, it's the AL and the AL right after that. And it's a CH as well, the alchemy. So it's full metal alchemist. So it's about two brothers have to look for this red stone called the Philosopher's Stone, which holds alchemic power. In this world. And why are they looking for it? Because they want to raise the dead mother. No. No, oh, I restore, sorry, restore their bodies, my bad. They restore their lost limbs. And how did they lose their limbs? From a botched resurrection. Of? The, the, from, of the dead mom. There you go. <laughs> that's that pretty is, much the story. That's the 15 minutes. Okay. <laughs> that's that, the first 15 minutes. That Thank you. Very anime. It is an anime. It is an anime. <laughs> I, know, I know it is, but it's just like, th- th- you couldn't explain a more anime opening. You of know course, what? the shit got along in the way, of course. You got the military involved somehow, and you've also got other evil characters called the homunculi involved as well. Homunukri. <laughs> That's how they pronounce it. <laughs> okay, so that's how you pronounce Omonukuri. it in the show. Named after all the seven deadly sins, of which we only have three. Yeah. <laughs> which three? So basically, the live action adaptation which? crams in quite a bit from the. Oh, end. crams in quite a lot, a lot into yeah. a two okay, and a half a bit, hour spectacular. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two and a half hour spectacular. Yes. Two and a half hours, sir. Okay, not in, counting credits. <laughs> so they bring in all the all. The, it basically, it just recaps the whole like uh, with the alchemists who actually made the chimeras. As mm. well as leading up to a sort of the 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 the, 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 the Professor missing, Tucker story. Yeah, the Professor Tucker which story. Which all the fans know. And about. shoves in like the what's that? The base, the, the secret base, the secret alchemy space story. Which is the fan, the ending of Brotherhood, right? Or was it the ending yeah, of the no, first no, no, series? No, no, no. It was it was uh, after the ten after the first 10, 15 episodes of Brotherhood. Yeah, because like isn't Scar supposed to kill the? Yeah, yeah, but okay, they have yeah, to adapt spoilers. it. Spoilers. Because they want to actually keep you know just keep as little characters as possible. Although they, although little some characters. Questions. No, no, we'll, we'll talk. We'll get there later. I mean, obviously, the focus is still on Edward and El, uh, Edward and El, the two brothers. Alfonso. Alfonso, Alfonso. But then, yeah, I love how they shorten just Edo and yeah, Alok. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and probably the only defense I can give to this film is it's a good cosplay film, which is not saying a lot. <laughs> it is not saying a lot. We've seen our fair share of bad and decent to good anime adaptations, more or less. I and mean, we can probably count the good ones with just one hand. Just one hand. I mean, if you pay attention, Zebra Man was not bad. The what? Zebra Man by Takashi Miki. Uh, Ichi the Killer was not bad. Ichi Battle the Killer Royale was, was just amazing. there for the sake of being there. But Battle Royale, that one we cannot Ichi the Killer is amazing, sir. Mm. Lone Wolf and Cub, which came out in like the 70s or 80s, renamed as Shogun Assassin in America. That's amazing. It's like, yeah. what else. There so you go, can bro. make good live action anime. Okay, Roni Kenshin. That's yes, you can. Roni Ro- 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 Kenshin was an amazing samurai story. There you go. Okay. And also <clears> like all the other samurai stories that Takashi Miki has been shooting out. You got your Blade 13 Assassins and Blade of the Immortal, which also came out on Netflix, which is not bad. It's not yeah. great, but it's like, yeah, bad. yeah. See, that's the thing. Like most of them are like either terrible to not bad, with like the good ones only standing out like once in the blue moon. But that's everything. Yeah. No, no. This video game. I'm sorry. Anime adaptations. Most of them are just no, but not good. We're describing books, movies, TV. There's only 10%, which is amazing. There's the rest some... is mediocre. Yeah. Okay, I'll just put it right there. Like the, the probably the most decent anime adaptation I've seen it's not gonna it's probably just like on par with a pretty bad movie from America per se no nope. Battle Royale is amazing it's that even was better the, than Hunger okay, Games once the moon <laughs> once the moon do it right? yeah exactly because that's why they're so good because they're so rare yeah yeah so right. what are you what are you trying to point This is out? a very circular argument and I don't know I have know. no idea am I arguing with myself all the yeah. time <laughs> I'm agreeing with myself <laughs> look I'm just not a fan of most uh, 
what's an anime adaptation? And that's anyway, fine. Like, yeah, okay. Most people aren't. Like yeah. most people aren't. I, I'm not discrediting everyone, anyway. Like the live action version. Why of are you discrediting everyone? No, I'm not. I know you're not. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> now you're doing circular. So this is Full Metal Alchemist in general. Yeah. A lot of things going around in circles and okay. <laughs> Which is actually the film itself, kind of thing of it. Yeah, because the thing, you, if you, the thing it, is, it like, actually ties in quite a lot how within itself. But the problem no, is, the execution is terrible. <laughs> His execution, execution could be much better, honestly. Okay, um, I have... Okay, okay, I will say, for those who... <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. I'm just being a bit passionate right here. Why are you being passionate about Full Milk Ultimates? Like, because it's still a mediocre film. So it's why are you being passionate about a mediocre film? <laughs> Passionately mediocre. Doing? That's the name of my band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you were saying I was just going to say, I haven't seen the movie, which is why I've said nothing for the last five minutes. But um, I watched the trailer before we started. What... What the fuck is going on? It's like every 30 seconds they introduce another bad character. First it was like the guy with the gloves. Then it was a woman with like the super long oh, acrylic super nails. Long, uh, that's Lasto. That's Last, one of the homunculus. Uh, no, no. Lasto. You're Lasto. fucking course I have Lust as one of the deadly sins. Yeah, she's the sexy one. Okay, with the Ouroboros tattoo. Uh, <laughs> and what about uh, the weird uh, emo dude? Weird emo dude is NB. And then the uh, big one is... Home, guess, the big one. Like. guess the big one. Guess the big one. I don't know. Gratini. <laughs> it's anime. On the nose is literally what we were aiming for. So, I mean... Let's yeah, it's sort of doing a live-action recreation of a 50-64 episode show. In it could have been worse, honestly. That's... Again, it could have been much worse. But... Are we gonna forgive it for being mediocre? No, we're not. So <laughs> let's shit on it straight away. Yeah. yeah. So Full Metal Alchemist came out with Netflix money, and Netflix money nowadays doesn't mean much. Yeah. Apparently, because we just survived Cloverfield Paradox, and before and that, Death Note, and then Bright. Yeah. Oh my god, There Bright. you go. But then again, every once in a while, you get a Stranger Things. Every once in a while, you get Bojack Horseman. So Again, once in a while things that happen. There you go. Because, Ozark. Yeah, hmm. Ozark, there you go. So like, yeah, it's, it's nice to know that good things come... In small doses, because if everything is good, then ooh, the the bar will be set way too high. Like, can you imagine if everything Netflix made was good? But then nothing would ever get done in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to sit through freaking uh, what's that show? Like Dirk Gently's. Oh yeah, is and then like Al- Altered season? Carbon, and then like yeah, I'm not yeah, enjoying I, I this fi- at all. I finished Altered Carbon. Wait, we do you want to talk about it? No, no fuck it. it. It's like. It is the most generic version of someone said, I read The Matrix and Akira, and I want to make my version. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's like, San San Francisco, check. Guy in a different body, check. Sci-fi uh, Mambo Jumbo. Sci-fi Mambo Jumbo, check. Uh, allegory for Christ, check. Augmented Kung Fu, check. Check the Slovakian guy, check. Naked hot women in tubs, check. There's a lot of naked hot women in tubs in... Oh yes, there was. In the Matrix, yes. yes. No, the highlight of Alter Carbon is you watch uh, the clones of the main antagonist where she comes out fully nude attacking the main love interest. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's like 50 naked hers attacking this one woman. Oh man, wonderful nudity. Yeah. And if there's anything I want to say about uh, Full Metal Alchemist... <laughs> I mean, Did you got... at least have a laugh out of it? I laughed least. every single time. It was <laughs> there the you go. That's the entertainment value right there. I mean, like, if, you're, if you're enjoying naked women attacking one guy, imagine lots of naked one-eyed guys falling from the sky. <laughs> oh my god, that scene it... could have been handled so much better. It could have been rendered so much better too. I like the idea that they're trying to sort of go back to that, but at the same time, 
Mr. Toffee, you're going fuck, really man? passionate. Yeah. <laughs> Why the fuck do you execute it like that? Why are you so passionate about all these naked men? <laughs> Why are you under this Because they only got one eye. <laughs> Death perception makes everything look longer. What about, <laughs> their, what about their snake eye? Their snake eye? Hey. <laughs> but again, the way they just Not fall a machine. down, it's just... Oh god, it's such a terrible scene. Okay, let, let's not... Good idea, terrible scene. Let's like, not jump you, all over was the place. Penis? We're not jumping, we're just... No, no, saying. you're talking about the ending. Okay, let's just What's talk about... What's that penis? No! Oh. <laughs> what? Why are you... <laughs> What's your obsession with men all of a sudden? Like, I want to know... Did was your it... wife know about this? <laughs> was it actually <laughs> naked men? Or was it just like... No, no, there's a clone army made of, like, homonuclei. <laughs> is, it, yeah. is it like a Kendall kind of nudity? Yes, it's Kendall nudity. Oh, okay. Okay, so like the thing is, we're jumping all over the piece. People are probably very confused right now about what's going on. I have no idea what's going on. Which is basically Full Metal Alchemist in general. <laughs> yeah. The, the movie, movie. Not the. Okay, so the thing is, the anime is pretty good. I've uh, read it. The manga is not so bad. It, mm-hmm. it, it kind of diverged at one point. And then like that's why they fix it with the anime series. And then they full yeah, metal brotherhood. brotherhood. Is Brotherhood a sequel or is it an adaptation? It's, adaptation for the manga. It's basically spinning off where the manga went the other way. Apparently, a lot of fans say it's the correct version of Full Metal. So but I thought both of them were good. Okay, okay let's both for Netflix. Dwell on this, yeah, because they're all on Netflix. Because the, the thing is, is this: um, if you're a fan of the Full Metal Alchemist series, okay, say anime, okay, or even the manga, right? This movie. If you like the highlights, if you want to see a highlight reel, watch this film. It's it's a good highlight reel. Yes. It's a terrible highlight reel because the thing is, when you don't have the context of all these uh, stories getting time to breathe and space out like the emotional aspects, then you have just like, here's a this shitty a moment, scene? here's a shitty moment, here's a shitty moment, and it all doesn't seem to make sense. Because like, okay, here's the number one problem I have with Full Metal Alchemist, and I'm like, I need some space here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Freaking... The same problem I have with a lot of adaptations is when you fucking don't adapt. So yeah, if, if it's you, just like blindly just yeah. translating it onto the screen. If we're just gonna like show stuff that people have already expected. Because the thing is, once you introduce Professor Tucker, and Professor Tucker has the most fucked up arc in the entire Metal, uh, the Full Metal Alchemist series. Yeah, yeah. Because of what he does, he does experiments with chimeras, which is basically transmuting living things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna spoil it. Okay? I have because the decent... Actually, know what happened. We know yeah. what happened. And the thing is, if you read the manga, if you saw the anime, and then you watch this, and you're like, yeah, we, w- this does not have the emotional depth it's supposed to have. And I hate the fact that a lot of this film, they tag on this schmaltzy piano orchestra score to remind you, you're supposed to feel sad right now. Because <laughs> I hate it when they do that. They do that all the time here. And the thing is, like, the actor, oh God, he's got the goofiest looking wig ever. Oh, no. You know and I mean? the yeah. goofiest facial expressions for serious scenes. I mean, yeah. that's the biggest problem with adapting anime is because they always have this crazy ass hair. It's like it doesn't look good in real life on an exactly. Asian face, or on any know, face for the matter. I saw other adaptations. Some of them do it okay, but this just seems like what? Okay, maybe not an anime, a video game, Yakuza's Saiban. No, the, we're talking about films. I know. Why are you distracted? Yeah, it's film, it's film, it's film. Yeah, that was a the, yes. the anime hair appears in there and it works. Yeah, it's how it worked. Because, again, it's a you weird sure? film itself. Yes. <laughs> okay, it's a weird film. Full Melt Alchemist. It's supposed to take it so seriously. And what Perhaps. happens? We all laughed at it. Exactly. It's I, I don't understand why there's so much passion about such mediocre movies. Yeah, I don't get it. What, why are you worked up? What? I don't know. Maybe because I just... You really like this? Not Secretly? Really. It's like secret guilty pleasure shame? More like guilty pleasure, yeah. Mm. Not really hate it per se, but again, it could have been much better, definitely. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But I mean, at the same time, 
hey, I actually A for effort at the very least. A if I can recreate all this shit, I mean the cost, I mean the uh, the outfit work, all that. How mm. everyone, how else you could do it apart from making it look super goofy, honestly. Don't make it. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> just let the original source so, material stand like, on its own. The, the same can be said for every other adaptation film. Exactly. Right? Which is why we shit on those two. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, I said that about Ghost in the Shell, the American remake from last year. I think we said that about Ghost in the Shell too yeah, much. Yeah. yeah. If anything, it's like, you know, I don't understand what it is that Netflix thinks that people are actually craving this. But then again, at the same time, like there's like dueling reports right now because people are saying that Netflix is hemorrhaging money. But then and why are they being able to afford all this craziness? It's yeah. they're pretty much just a very well-made pyramid scheme right now, I think. You think so? I think they like, discovered they some strange tax loophole weeble thing where if you make shit, we get paid still. But it's like <laughs> Amazon for the longest time made no money and now it finally is. Like I think it's just like you need to spend a fucking shit ton of money to make it in a digital space. So all this shit ton of money are for bad adaptations and... Like, but Why we, not? Yeah. We also get plenty of good Netflix stuff which comes out, but no one talks about it because... We do. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Man. But like, there's Straight 10 up. new things that are released every week. And sometimes there's some and really good stuff. Cover all of it, right? You know what's annoying me a lot about yeah? Netflix? is all the bad comedy specials. Yes! Stop it! Like, you know, Chris Rock's latest one, Tambourine, wasn't that good? Oh no! And I didn't get to see that one. How- I was like, mm. it's like it's like old man Chris Rock is not interesting at all. Yeah, I mean like you know Russell Howard's uh, special was pretty good. Yeah, there you go. Jack Whitehall's was fine, yeah. but I would but say his this- travel series with his father was funnier. I mean like I think the conversation I really want to have is like right now Netflix is turning into the new director video. It sounds like they do sci-fi. You know, like yeah, basically <laughs> yeah. the thing is, and the thing is, I love it for that because if like. Here's, here's my takeaway from Full Metal Alchemist. It's a terrible adaptation, it's a terrible film, and everything is goofy as fuck, but I giggled my ass off. I was very entertained. I think convincingly, I liked it a bit more because it was goofy. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like, the thing is, if I watched it as a comedy, it's like, this is actually pretty dumb. Over the top, yeah, yeah very then, over the top when, like, And the thing is, right, I get a lot of fans will be a bit butthurt. Oh, but no, also, no, no, they, they actually, no. The thing is, fans are actually torn. They hate it and love it somehow. Which is some hate it, some love. It. Well, never trust the fans. <laughs> so you don't trust the fans who hate it. All yeah. fans are demented because there's some who will defend even the worst piece of shit to their dying day. Star Wars, for example. Yes, uh, yeah. I, I love the Phantom Menace fans. <laughs> wow, I've had, I've had conversations wow. with people who genuinely believe that Phantom Menace is better than Empire. <laughs> no one's ever said that before, but they said it's a good movie, and I said. No, some people. Some people like Revenge of the Sith more than Empire Strikes Back. I don't know where the hell these people are. Though. Well, they do have that cool like volcano fight scene. <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm on higher ground. Or like Zelda fanboys, where unless you say this is the best thing that's ever happened for every single game, you are a heretic who should be killed. <laughs> you know, what would be scary. A live action Zelda adaptation. Since we're going down this route of different live action adaptations of anime. And video game, and Japanese video game. So it's just going to be two hours of a 12-year-old boy going, ha, ha, ha. Actually, no, And the fairy going, hey, hey. Actually, it's just two hours of a guy walking into your house and smashing with a pot. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> that's would, what's going to happen. That would be a great sketch online. Like, uh, it exists. There is a sketch of this online. It exists. Yes. Okay, the Zelda sketch of him, it's probably by like Mega64 or something. Uh, I think uh, it's Konishima. Or those Kanishima. guys. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean like, yo, hey, Witcher's going to get a live action adaptation. I'm, I'm hoping it'll be good for that. Is it Netflix money? Yeah, we don't know. And it's thing. Netflix money. So here's the thing: now that I know it's Netflix money, it's gonna be so bad, and it's gonna be so fun to watch. Look, yeah. it's either going to be amazing or awful. 
Cause or that, amazingly bad. Yeah, because um, uh, Last Kingdom, which is technically a BBC production, but it's on Netflix, is actually pretty good. Somebody needs to speak to my lawyer about that title. <laughs> <laughs> you can't yeah. play Last Kingdom. Excuse me. Okay, go talk to Bernard Cornwall. See if you can get past him. His name is Cornwall? Yes. The joke writes itself. Oh, God. <laughs> like, he's got sharp money. He's not going to listen to you. Oh, are you sure? Well, I've got jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, so, I mean... I don't know where to... What's go. your final rating of uh, Fumit No, no, we need to talk about the shitty things also. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay. There's one shitty thing. Um, the one one shitty thing? Okay, a lot. Okay, one one of the more prominent shitty things. There you go. Yeah? Okay. The confrontation with Al and uh, Edward about, oh, I, I'm not a real human body. I'm all of his fake memories and all that. Remember that stupid scene where he's punching him with his human hand? It's like... <laughs> and then the robot says like, oh, that hurts. And then like, you feel pain? Like... And then I'm watching this, and they're trying to be emotional. And then the <laughs> and then the piano orchestra music kicks in, and then Winry is in the corner crying, "Don't fight!" And then it's like, "This is so dumb." And that's that's Winry being reduced to a one note character. Sorry, two notes. Super happy and super super sad. It's still the same note. <laughs> it's super something. <laughs> but oh gosh. Okay, so to me, okay, if I need to talk about anything that's kind of redeeming, kind of. Yeah. Is the guy who played uh, uh Mars Hughes? Hughes, yes, Hughes. The guy who played Hughes, great job. Yes, yeah. sir. Respect you. you he, he pulled it off. Which one's that? Hughes is the guy with specs. He's the he's one. Of, the, he, he's one of the few military guys who is on the side of the alchemist. Okay. okay. So, like, the thing is, like, if you're not aware of the anime or the manga, you have no idea what you're talking about. But if mm-hmm. you've seen this movie, you'll still have no idea <laughs> what you're talking about. Because the thing is, it's just a hodgepodge of things slammed together. It's a highlight reel, basically, and like it, you mentioned. But the thing is, a highlight reel is all good things. This is all moments that just don't okay. really... This is like a bad AVN. of the highlights from yeah, the anime. Know, I would say this is like... Like, you reduce the Tucker, uh, the Professor Tucker arc to that ridiculous moment. And like... Are you trying to make me cry over a CGI girl dog? No, <laughs> that didn't work. And, and, and you kind of spoil, you kind of spoiled it. <laughs> no, no, fuck you. You know what happens in that arc, okay? I'm not gonna tell you about how it ends, at least. But here's the thing: that arc had nothing to do with anything, just to have Tucker appear again at the end. Again, recreation of a highlight. So it's like the thing is, it's like the problem with Full Metal Alchemist in general is like because it realizes that how do we condense all of this into a two-hour movie? let alone a two and a half hour You movie. can't. You can't. Okay, because the thing is, a TV series has the ability to just, you know, take its time. Yeah. And allow you to go for loops and stuff. Whereas something like Full Metal Alchemist, the movie, it's basically like, okay, we, we have a checklist. We need to have all these characters because these are the favorites. You need to have this cool moment, that cool moment, and, and you that have cool have all moment. these moments. And then like, oh, people apparently love the fight between uh, Ed and L. Or oh, people really like the... How the Roy Mustang fight as well. Okay, uh, you know, how Flame Alchemist like dispatches off the homonuclei. You know, anything is like, okay. There was a scene at the end that, to- okay, one of the many scenes that did not make sense. This one was more prevalent, involving, involving Roy Mustang and Lust. And Lusto. Hey, I okay. think you know which scene I'm talking about. We all right? know, everybody knows what that scene is. Okay, Last King fans, I believe you're all fans of Full Metal Alchemist. Mm-hmm. Don't watch this. <laughs> or, watch or watch the least... show that's also available. Yeah, on it's on Netflix They're now. On Netflix. Go watch it again. Yeah, yeah. Or if you want to at least watch a live action, go into it not expecting much. Because the thing at the is, very, at the very least, this is a terrible primer for fans of who for non fans of the show. Because I cannot recommend this at all. Fans will hate it. Some will like it because oh, it's all the cool stuff I know. 
it's because they could they could release like actual human shit and just carve the symbol onto it and they would say this is amazing <laughs> all these people who don't watch the show if you want the comedy yeah sure go ahead it's not a comedy it's an unintentional comedy which makes it it's like you know how things are so bad it's good yeah it's just so bad oh. <laughs> you have to laugh because you realize I can never have this time back so this is not a diss track kind of relatable mm, thing probably not no. probably not oh, nah. no 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 I seriously do not recommend The, the show writes out. itself through a hole. <laughs> through many holes, apparently. Yeah. Oh, Jesus that you Christ. Can feel but, 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 but hey, I won't deny it. I had fun watching it, despite the fact that you can't take much of it, all of it seriously. I guess so. Because the thing is, right, here's, the, here's the thing I also need to bring up. You have the context of the manga and the anime. For the non-fans, walking into this, you're going to hate this movie because nothing's going to make sense at all. That's why I chose not to watch it. Hey, but the thing is, as a fan of the anime myself, speaking to you, eccentric Tom, who's yep. never seen the movie, watch the series. It's one of the best anime. Which that one? Came. Brotherhood. Bro- Brotherhood. Watch, don't, don't, watch the original one and then watch Brotherhood. Because the original one's only one season on uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I would say this right. Just watch uh, the original one to get a taste of how he becomes the alchemist. Okay. Because the, all of that was scrubbed out. Okay. Oh, okay. Because the thing is, the opening scene of the movie is recreated again. Like, basically, how they uh, create... Ch- chasing one of the guys. No, yeah. the transmutation yeah. of the dead mother. Yeah, yeah. So that that is basically the impetus for the entire show. Oh, see, okay. So, like, watch the original series. And then Brotherhood basically kind of ties in things neatly to the manga, more or less. In fact, read the manga. The manga, the manga is pretty decent. It's, okay. it's, if, you, if you have time. It's, <laughs> it's, it's heavy. I mean, it's not one piece heavy. But it's definitely doable within a few months. Okay, uh, so what are your final scores for F, this movie? F for fuck, this <laughs> me- fuck Metal Alchemist, man. So what, a two? Hey. Oh, how much did I give Cloverfield Paradox again? You gave three, it a three right? or yeah. four, yeah. Yeah, I guess four. four. One, 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 one point above <laughs> Paradox, because at least I was laughing out loud. Oh, she did. I laughed out loud during Cloverfield Paradox yeah. as well. So... I guess I the, a bit more insulting. Yeah, we're both. Yeah. I, I guess the uh, overall response is don't watch it unless you unless, like comedy. In which case, I would, I would say this: watch the original series if you can, and yeah. Brotherhood. Then watch this and see how they fuck things up. <laughs> so if you like watching train wrecks, there you go. Created <laughs> exactly. in the whole cosplay reimagining thing. Oh like. man, it looks so goofy. <laughs> okay. But Honestly, I think that could be the point. That's... I mean, no, no, no. I don't no, think it, this is something you can recreate you seriously. intentionally make something goofy out of something like Full Metal Alchemist, sir. Like, like, I want to do a really bad version of this because <laughs> that's the point. No! <laughs> Movies... But I really don't think it's... It's, it's really tough to do a live-action version of this. Then don't, then don't do, do it! it. <laughs> it's like, you know... Yes, Lord of the Rings was considered a bad, you know, impossible until Peter Jackson did it, but that was because... Yeah, you, you need guys like Peter yeah, Jackson, definitely. You need Once in a Blue Moon, like, you know, Peter Jackson's to be able to make anything out of it. And if it's you a, need a, a TV series, yes. leave it alone! And the thing is, like, you need a genius like Christopher Nolan to make Batman relevant for this generation. Yes! You know what I mean? Like, and the thing is, like, if you take something like Full Metal Alchemist, learn from the lessons of Death Note and Attack on Titan. Don't, don't just do the thing that already exists. Put your voice into it. It doesn't feel like anyone's yeah. learning anything. Shout out to my pitch for an Attack on Titan movie <laughs> way back last year. Man, I still, I, ju- I just want to see female Titan nipples and all. <laughs> she doesn't have nipples in the show. No, but she should in the live action version. All we right, need to be anatomical accurate. Yeah, read it and from So we right. have these big Titan dongs swinging around for every other Titan? Of course, where else are you going to latch on to? <laughs> 
And on that note, <laughs> yep, I think that's it. Okay. So this Hashtag Titan Duke. <laughs> so this has been Alchemist Eccentric Tom. Oi. <laughs> Full? Half? This has, been quarter. The Al- this has been the Alchemist of Toffee. This is Toffee. <laughs> this is Originally named. <laughs> this is Dr. Shafiq. <laughs> Signing out.